0: clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events.
2: Tune in for a balanced view
0: of the other side of the news. Welcome. My name is Timothy Saunders. I am one of your trio of co-hosts on the 66th edition of The Other Side of the News. I'm uh, speaking to you this early morning from Turkey's Aegean coastline, which for many of you may be situated on the other side of the planet. As the sun is rising here, whichever time zone you are currently experiencing, hopefully you are relaxing into the show and eager to hear some fascinating insights from our latest guest. I'll soon be joined by co-host and producer Kintia, who is nearby San Francisco, together with co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll, who is also currently in California. This show is entitled, Reconstructing Truth. You may or may not be aware that British are still awaiting a full release from the various pandemic related protocols. They've been teased with freedom for some 15 months or more since the original mandate to flatten the curve for a suggested two week period. This lie is the ill gift that keeps giving. I've often thought the minority targeted certain countries with this hoax pandemic according to a strategic priority list, perhaps picking off the more influential countries first in the hope to create a momentum of fear, such as New Zealand, Australia, the United Kingdom, Canada, and the United States. If the spirit of these nations is defeated, it may snowball their aspirations to affect other nations. Of course, this pandemic stays afloat on an ocean of information, manipulation, sleight of hand, and fear generated by the ruthless prostitutes who have seemingly taken over the government's media and many corporations, like bacteria infesting an old, moist loaf of bread, all coordinated by a seemingly invisible and untouchable group that pulls the strings above them. I have been corresponding with some individuals in various distant lands this week and understand by their various reactions the same pandemic rollout and choreographed routine is still in play there albeit a few months later, than the countries I had personally experienced and researched during this transition. The UK was originally promised their Freedom Day on the 21st of June, a symbolic Midsummer's Dream. However, the weak puppet leaders of the government backed down and cited endless numbers of new cases, apparently caused by variants designated with various letters from the Greek alphabet. Increased testing was uh, inaccurate with these lateral flow tests, which are so unreliable, this process needs to be followed up with an inappropriate RT-PCR procedure. This has generated huge numbers of cases, of course. The PCR is frequently cycled up way above the 20 cycles recommended by the inventor, Kerry Mullis, who was known to be a healthy man, but apparently died of pneumonia shortly after he publicly criticized Anthony Fauci And shortly before Event 201, the rest of this circus began. Surely the elephant in the room is this poison they're injecting into the all but awake, is the cause of these variants. The UK's Freedom Day was delayed to July the 19th. Now there's a fitting date. COVID-19, July the 19th. Three days from now, in fact. However, at the time of writing, I just received another notification from the Bullshit Brainwashing Corporation, also known to our ovine friends as the BBC. The headline reads, UK daily cases pass 50,000 for the first time since January. How coincidental to receive this message at 5pm on a Friday afternoon prior to the last lockdown weekend. What are the odds? Would anyone like to take a bet that the restrictions will not be fully lifted on Monday? This teasing tactic is intentional. And specifically designed to wear people down emotionally, psychologically and financially. Can you imagine how many smaller businesses would have jumped through the hoops in the last weeks, perhaps rehiring, training, decorating, ordering produce, possibly borrowing money or certainly spending their last savings to try to make a concerted attempt to recover their business from imminent bankruptcy? Of course, I do not share this violin story but the UK alone, this pattern continues to roll out around the world, well, except in selected places, which include Texas and Florida. Why has no one worked out how the UK can possibly suffer from these increased cases when the harmful mask, anti-social distancing and crippling travel restrictions are still in play? All while life in Texas and Florida, among other locations, well, are beginning to thrive. There have been a number of very interesting lectures and podcasts this week, covering a great deal of information that further undermines the very tenuous and increasingly brittle foundations beneath this COVID-related lie. I've included the links to two specific podcasts by Dr. Richard M. Fleming and Dr. David Martin. One would suggest you do take the time to watch or listen to them in your spare time. As discernment is key, I will simply say for the time being, this is a very enlightening information which highlights a body of well-researched facts that will bring great awareness and should continue to stimulate many more questions. The information presented seems concise and science-led, however these interviews do differ on some key points. That said, what is exceptionally clear is we have a common enemy And the C-19 hoax is not a natural phenomenon. It has been devised by a small group and it's been long expected by their puppet workforce to bring what is nothing short of biological warfare onto humanity. When the truth behind this pandemic finally meets mainstream awareness and this level of awareness continues to increase by day by day through events we have seen in France, Bastille Day this week and at the upcoming Global Freedom March. On 24th of July, humanity will have no choice but to reinvent itself. As I feel more sure than ever, there is no turning back to the previous incarnation. Certainly not after taking stock of just how many veils of deception humanity was previously living under. Once humanity catches a glimpse of truth, one can never return to the same lies. Following on from our previous show about the fallen tower block in Miami, with Michael Jacob entitled Demolishing Lies. Tonight we will continue in this theme and in our pursuit for truth. We'll take another perspective. I very much look forward to hearing our guest's perspective regarding this essential awakening process, all with a view to illuminate the best path to lead us to a positive outcome. You may find us at www.theothersideofthenews.com. There you will see details for the show, quick links to our bios as well as links to our show items, references and selected research. As usual, there's a huge collection of information to read, watch and listen to, most of which has been handpicked from independent sources. I urge you to study them and to even download your own copies sooner than later, as the censorship robots are working around the clock to rewrite history and... Actually, they never give up. During the last week, we have once again been inundated by a deluge of remarkable events and headlines reported in the news to discuss validate and present each topic in the correct context could all too easily to fill up the entire show as the other side of the news is not per se a typical news show and in order to make the best use of our available time I believe we should plot a direct course to greet the rest of our team and introduce our special guest Richard Gage. Good evening Kintia, good evening Annetta, do you have your Gilles Jean at the ready?
3: <laughs> I'm not sure if I do. <laughs> I, uh, this has been a week, uh, again. I always say that, right? I'm getting old, just like they are rewriting history. Uh, we've had a lot of stuff this week, but some interesting things, some Supreme Court, uh, rulings that are terribly interesting, such as the U.S. Supreme Court upholding the Arizona voting rules and, they went and what's what's fascinating about that is then they went on to uh basically vacation that was their last decision before um, this the end of the session so what's interesting about that is that, that voting should be for everyone and yet the katie hobbs who is the secretary of state for arizona has chosen to take on with the democratic party the attorney general of arizona and the republican party so this continues to heat up and everything is is pretty much on fire with the audits and the voting. Um, my personal belief is this is for people to people that are unaware of it to finally be aware of it. And uh, speaking of which, there's uh, massive amounts of protests all over the world and yet mainstream media continues to not cover it. So there's a huge protest all over France. Of course, there's no coverage over here or on the BBC. And, uh, you know, there's uh, all kinds of protests in london and and the greeks the greeks are really on fire they're they're on it so as are the french um so this is interesting i could go on a bit but i would like to hear what uh, kathia might have to say about all that so what do you say kathia
2: well i say that we're in solidarity around the planet you know whether or not the mass media is reporting it Obviously, the people are recognizing this is an infringement of our rights. And, you know, I think it's important that we pay attention to what's going on in other countries and not be so myopic and looking only at America. So I'm really grateful to see the activity. And before we bring on Richard, we're bringing on Darlene Undy, who is our roaming Canadian reporter. She's been very active. In the Canadian movement for action for Canada, I think this is so important that we keep in touch with what's going on there because Canada is facing great tyranny right now, and how the people are responding is a blueprint for what we can do here and what we probably will land up doing here. And I'm hoping some of us are already doing because. We're not facing the great constraints that they have in Canada, but it looks like it's coming. I hope we can head it off. So I'd like to welcome Darlene Undy. Welcome to the other side of the news, Darlene. Are you with us? I am, Cynthia, and hello, everyone, from Canada. Welcome, welcome. So I understand there's a lot happening there.
4: Well, there certainly is, and uh, I have no shortage of information, and I'm sure you heard about the event in Lytton, BC, and uh, how controversial that is. We've had quite a bit of smoke here in the Okanagan Valley. Um, I can finally see, but um, you know, certainly with all the masking that's been going on here and then the the smoke, I mean, it just seems quite ironic to me how they're, they're not giving us a moment to be free from their their tyranny.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know if all of our viewers are aware of the Linton BC event. You might want to fill them in.
4: Interestingly enough, there's a a gentleman by the name of Dr. Hoff, who previously had gone on the airways, which went viral. He's a doctor in uh, and assisted giving The let's use the word jab, to the Indigenous community, and he found out in short order what was happening to his patients. And it was shortly thereafter that this event happened with the railway and the fire in Lytton. You know, there was areas in the United States where there were fires, where you know, the houses went down, but yet the trees were still standing in the area. And that was very similar Mm -hmm. to what happened with the railway. And yet there were segments of trees, and it looked like it was sort of like a Rods of God event that happened. People need to know what happened in Lytton, BC, because it's got a lot of moving parts, and there's much more to it than meets the eye.
2: Oh, so this is very big background. So it's involving the Indigenous community as well. Uh, maybe you'd like to update us on what's happening with Action for Canada?
4: Absolutely. I definitely want to speak to Action for Canada, and I do appreciate the opportunity to let your listenership uh, find out some of the things. I mean, I don't really want to say it, but this is Communist Canada, and it's really unbelievable what's happening here. Uh, I first first and foremost do want to say that I I am a freedom fighter and a truth seeker and I want to put a kudos out to the worldwide rally events that are happening on Saturday, July 24th in Kamloops, Kelowna, Vancouver. And uh, I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, three other uh, individuals about our freedoms and rights uh, in Penticton at that time. So it's going to be an exciting time. It's a very small community, but we plan on bringing the village and our theme is what about the children? So it's going to be an event where we uh, speak for an hour, but we're going to get the participants in action. And it's all about the kids. We're going to have chalk drawing, you know, having the kids understand that this is for them. We represent them.
2: That's wonderful. We need to engage our youth. Definitely.
4: We really do. And I'm, I'm not sure if you have the uh, Action for Canada website on, on the website, Cynthia, but I did want to let everyone know, in case they are new to this call, who Action for Canada is, and that's action with the number 4Canada.com, so Action for Canada, which is a grassroots movement reaching out to millions of Canadians and uniting our voices in opposition to the destructive policies tearing at the fabric of this nation. Through Call to Action, we equip citizens to take action, and Action for Canada is committed to protecting family, faith, and freedom.
2: And I'm wondering... Are there like template documents on the website that could also apply to other countries, things that we could do to emulate what you're doing in Canada?
4: Yes, Cynthia, I believe there is. Uh, And what I'm going to encourage everyone listening is these are templates that I believe if you get together with people that know what's going on and have a – I'm going to use the word legal – background that you can uh, wordsmith it that's going to be appropriate for your country and your state or your region. So I I want to go through uh, a little bit about some of the resources on there because I do feel that these documents that uh, people can get their hands on are valuable. So when you go on the Action for Canada website, you go to the tab that says campaigns. And we have several campaigns in regards to helping businesses, uh, churches, because you've probably heard, uh, that pastors are being arrested and going to jail for simply holding service. So when you know they're taking people away from God that, and, uh, you know, honoring source energy and the universe, that there is something definitely, uh, going on out there. And then, of course, there's a section that I'm going to speak to specifically that has to do with the teachers, the admin, support staff. And there's an incredible video if you go to that campaign section. And what I'm going to speak to now, Cynthia, is the tab that says COVID-19. And this is where the vaccine notices of liability. uh, There is a PDF for the parent-child. There's one for concerned citizens. So you don't necessarily have to be a parent, but someone who's ultimately concerned about uh, children's welfare. Uh, There's a Notice of Liability for Employees, and also one for Elected Officials. And I want to read to you how vitally important these, these uh, Notice of Liabilities are. This is a five-page letter that gets served to people like school superintendents, heads of schools, universities, colleges, school board, executives, directors, principals, teachers, deans, and administration. And I want to read a couple things from this document because it's invaluable because you're holding people to account. And what we're having people understand is that these can be sent registered mail, and we teach people how to do that. But these can also be served personally. So we teach people how to videotape it and get people's voice and video. We want to have their face because that's going to be held as evidence later on. So what this says is this is your official and personal notice of liability. As a person involved in the education system, you are not a qualified medical professional and therefore you are unlawfully practicing medicine by prescribing, recommending, facilitating and using coercion to insist minors submit to the experimental medical treatment for COVID-19, namely being injected with one of the experimental gene therapies commonly referred to as the vaccine. So that page has a number of links on it, but I want to express this last page. And for those parents or concerned citizens that don't want to put their signature or their name to the document, we say to them that you can put that on behalf of Action for Canada, and uh, we will represent them.
2: Well, that would be only for Canada, right? I mean, that wouldn't work here in the U.S.
4: Well, I feel that the template, because I'm going to explain to you some of the documentation that we name in here, because this is very similar because everything that's happening is global Cynthia. So I'm just gonna share this with you. It says vaccination is voluntary in Canada as I'm sure it is in uh, many states and most countries. Uh, the federal and provincial governments have made it clear that getting the injections will not be mandatory. And educators are infringing on human rights and putting themselves personally at risk of a civil lawsuit for damages and potential imprisonment by attempting to impose this experimental medical treatment on minors. Canadian law has long recognized that individuals have the right to control what happens to their body. And then what we refer to is... The citizens of Canada are protected under the medical and legal ethics of expressed informed consent and are entitled to full protections guaranteed under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, 1982, Section 2A, 2B, 7, 8, 9, and 15, the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights, and that's from 2005, the Nuremberg Code of 1947, and the Helsinki Declaration of 1964, revised in 2013, Article 25 and 26. And I really feel... That this is something that can be a global document uh, if people sit down and actually go through this and make it work for their their certain areas.
2: That is really so extensive and thorough. I appreciate the work that you're doing. You must have a really coordinated team up there. I know that you've got ROCO as an attorney and Rocco Galati, yes. Rocco, he's the, yeah.
4: yeah, he's a top constitutional lawyer. And he's actually representing uh the province of Ontario and uh going after uh Prime Minister Trudeau, the Canadian Broadcaster Corporation, but he's also representing the the province of British Columbia, so both ends of Canada. So uh and, he's got and head what head kind of it.
2: results is Rocco getting?
4: Well, it has been interesting and we're we're still gathering the funds so that, uh, you know, the basic statement of claim has been sent to Tanya to go through and she's got a number of plaintiffs. This notice of liability, we want, I, I don't know if this is happening in the United States or other countries, I'm certain it is because what happens in one place happens in another, is that uh, there is uh, consent, there has been consent given to 12 and up that they don't need their parents' Consent to get the jab in schools. And they are using bullying, coercion, sending private emails to students. It really is diabolical what is happening here in our school system.
2: Shameful, criminal.
4: It really is. And they're doing that in San Francisco
2: as well, allowing children to uh, take the vaccine without their parents knowing.
4: Yes. and, And what is also on the Action for Canada. Uh, website, Kinthea. And what I'm working with and who I'm working with is a parents group. And through Action for Canada, they're also going to address the LGBTQ trans agenda and the critical race theory that the Black Lives Matter are pushing to divide us. And then, of course, there's the climate change and how they're using it as a mechanism to turn children on their parents. And instilling a great amount of fear.
2: So that fear factor in children, it's something that's going to stay with them. It's not You know, it's not like an adult who's going through a difficult time. A child, this is etching into their brain certain neural pathways, which is affecting their whole health, because fear releases different kinds of chemical reactions in the body, and it trains the mind to think in a certain way. So what other kinds of things are you doing to address this question of fear regarding the children?
4: Well, we are reaching out to people in regards to the counselling that's going to need to happen because the number of suicides, as you know, is rampant all over the world. And it is horrific what is happening on a psychological level, Cynthia, So I've heard about those med beds that are out there looming, and uh, I trust that we'll be able to speak to that very soon. But uh, this is really about the children, like the major themes that I'm involved with with other places where I spend my time it's all about the children because if we don't get this shifted and changed and the entire government system revamped uh, we're not going to have a next generation what they're doing with the jabs this is uh you know it's about depopulation it's about sterilization it's about children um you know that's a sign of slavery and bondage and that's how we communicate is through our smiles and our expression, and they're taking that ability away from children. It's it's dark.
2: And I've also heard that suicide in the Indigenous population for children is like 10 times that of the rest of society. Do you know anything about that?
4: I I do have some knowledge of that, cynthia That is another entire... Uh, conversation because I would like to have true statistics as you know we really don't get the real statistics and because this is such a large topic I would like to spend some time uh, getting the information from people that are in the community that speak truth so that you can hear the real message that's happening with the indigenous people.
2: Great. So Darlene we have a few moments here before break about three minutes Is there something you would like to address, and then we'll bring you on after our guest, Richard Gage.
4: Yes, well, I would like to quickly mention that in the province of BC, that on June 29, 2021, the Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General, Mike Farnworth, uh, wrote an order, the Emergency Program Act, Ministerial Order M275, said... That effective this day, end of the day on June 30, 2021, the attached declaration of a state of emergency throughout the whole province of British Columbia made on March 18, 2020, which shifted our entire lives and subsequently extended is canceled. And I posted this in our building and you know what? The whole province is not talking about it. Most people don't even know that this emergency order has been canceled. There should be no mask, no social distancing, no hand sanitizer, and people are so conditioned. I am horrified how mm-hmm. many people continue to wear masks and everything else. This is canceled in the province of BC and yet most people have zero idea
2: it's the same thing here in the Bay Area. I go into different shops and stores without a mask, and everyone is continuing. Hand sanitizer, lots of masks. You know, its I mean, I was at a restaurant last night. I couldn't believe it. This young woman was sitting there, and she had a mask on. And she removed it from one ear, took a sip of water, and then put it back on. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh, that's a really smart virus. It knows oh not gosh. to go for her when she's taking a sip of water. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm laughing, but it's so pathetically sad that these people are so so conditioned now that they, you know, you give them the freedom. You know how they tra- train fleas? I've heard they train fleas, you know, jumping fleas by Putting them in a box with a lid. And so when they jump and they hit that lid and they come back down, they, they train themselves that they can't jump further than that. So you take off the lid and they never jump out of the box because they've learned that. That's how these people are reacting. I, I'm just like
4: shocked. This is, this is the knowing that of the deep swamp that is in place. They know exactly what they're doing. So it is uh, unfortunate how dumbed down our society has been. And I'm glad we're on the other side, Kinthea, and the, the folks that are listening to uh, this, this uh, very incredible conversation we're having. Thank
2: you, Darlene. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. Our guest tonight is Richard Gage, and we've just been listening to Darlene Undie. We will return after the break.
5: Well, I think you're looking with this great reset, you're looking at Mr. Globalone's efforts to move everybody into a cashless society, which, you know, like it or not, that's a one way mirror, folks. Because at that point, you're not dealing with a currency, you're dealing with a corporate coupon that they can adjust the value of at the push of a button, depending on whether or not you're good little boys and girls. And if you're getting into a system where all of the infrastructure of financial clearing is in the hands of the bankers, that's not a system you want to go into. You look at the West and more importantly, if you look at what some people call the Anglosphere, the, the Western powers that are English-speaking. The United Kingdom, Canada, United States, and so on. I do think it's the case there. They're using a health crisis really to drive a, a political agenda. And the health crisis itself is largely blown way, way out of proportion to what's actually the case. If you look at what Mr. Globalone is up to, they are recreating slavery and the the thing that is unique about slavery is they now have the means of perfecting the capital because now they can literally implant your body with the means to track you. It's not going to go away overnight, but there are already... Uh, I think some hopeful signs of cracks beginning to appear in the edifice. This is Joseph P. Farrell, and for all the news the media doesn't like you to hear, tune in to the other side of the news.
2: Welcome back to the other side of the news. You've been listening to Darlene Undy with a report from Action for Canada. And we're going to bring on our guest now, Richard Gage. He is a San Francisco Bay Area architect of 30 years and the founder and president of Architects and Engineers for 911 Truth. Before making AE 911 Truth, his full time endeavor. His most recent project was working on the construction documents for a $400 million mixed-use urban project consisting of about 1,200 tons of steel framing. Gage began his quest for truth about the collapse of the Twin Towers after hearing the startling conclusions of a reluctant 9 researcher, David Ray Griffin. Since founding AE911 Truth, he has delivered his live multimedia presentation 911 Blueprint for Truth to more than 550 times in dozens of foreign countries and 110 times in American cities to audiences ranging from 100 to 4,000. He has appeared in more than 600 radio and television spots. And continues to work with the Lawyers Committee for 911 Inquiry to bring justice to those responsible for the attack on September 11, 2001. Welcome to the show, Richard. Welcome. Thank you,
6: Kintia. It's an honor to be here with you today.
2: I'm so delighted because this is a departure from your previous shows, but it seemed like there couldn't be a better expert to bring on than to ask this question about what's going on. But before we go there, is there anything you'd like to share in particular with the audience?
6: Yes, um, the audience should know that we now have 3,500 architects and engineers signed on to our petition at AE911truth.org. And they are calling for a new investigation into the destruction of all three World Trade Center skyscrapers on 9-11. And that's my mission, is to uh, spread the word and to share with your listeners the evidence at World Trade Center Building 7, the third skyscraper that collapsed on 9-11, that most people don't know anything about, including architects and engineers, and also um, share the evidence for the Twin Towers. And I understand we also want to talk about the Miami collapse a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, in terms of the uh, legal process, how far has it gone? I I know they were trying to bring it before the Supreme Court or the Grand Jury.
6: Well, today, as a matter of fact, we just filed with the Supreme Court a a a, a lawsuit uh, after exhausting our appeals uh, with the FBI because the FBI had all the evidence that we had produced, um, and in, in several different forms and the 2015 9 uh, review commission, which, uh, the Congress required the FBI to give them all of the in, in additional evidence that they assembled since the nine eleven commission report came out and they had, uh, uh, our documentation in the form of our our presentation, multimedia presentation with all of this evidence, some of which we'll be talking about today, and all of the uh, the, the whole twenty five page peer reviewed paper on uh, thermite and nanothermite, active thermitic materials. It's called in the World Trade Center dust. So this was proof of of the. The fact that there was up to four tons by extrapolation of nanothermite material. This is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. And so it's in the World Trade Center dust. And this uh, peer-reviewed paper in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal proves that uh, and it shows the extraordinary features of this exotic material. And... Uh, the FBI had it, uh, so they also uh, had uh, uh, other materials, uh, and, and they've even commented on them. In fact, we got a letter from the assistant chief counterterrorism, uh, Michael Heimbach, and he said, it, it's an interesting material. It looks like it's backed by thorough research and analysis, he said, which was <laughs> an extraordinary compliment from the FBI, who turns out to be quite complicit in the crimes of 9-11 at the World Trade Center and elsewhere.
2: So so just recapping, what you're saying is the FBI did have all this information, but they were withholding it from the public.
6: From, yes, from Congress, which is also representative of the public. Yeah, it would have gone public, uh, this information. And uh, so- yeah, we're we we filed this lawsuit in the Supreme Court. So we're very excited. We've never done that before. Wow. Um, and what what,
2: a, what other organizations do you think knew this information besides the FBI?
6: Uh, um well, we've given it to every media organization in the country. Uh every uh every law uh, every elected representative in Congress, 532 of them, uh several times. In different forms. Um, So, uh, what? Who? Who didn't get it? We've we've given it to.
2: If you've been giving all this information to them, if they're not making this public, then it makes them complicit as well.
6: Yeah, I agree. Uh, This is evidence of treason, is what we have, and Mm -hmm. uh, there's a law called misprision of treason. And uh, if you withhold uh, treasonous evidence, uh, you are yourself complicit in the crime. And so we have let them know on several occasions uh, of that law and their uh, uh, vulnerability to, <laughs> to being prosecuted for it. Uh, so, yeah, that's important. And what and has also, been
2: their response? Oh, there's no
6: response.
2: No response. So, so it makes you think that they knew even before you gave them the information.
6: Yes. Um, I'm very concerned that the, this is not ignorance on the part of our elected representatives and the media. Uh, th- this, is, uh, this is complicity. It, it, now, there's been a couple of very interesting uh, interactions with Congressman uh, Steve King, a uh, Republican from Midwest, a Midwestern state. And um, uh, Jim, uh, not Cunningham, but something like that uh, from uh, Connecticut, um, he wrote NIST about the nanothermite paper. He said, "Please, what, what tell us about this?" And they said, "Oh, go back to sleep. Don't worry about that. There's aluminum in the in the towers." in the and the aluminum panels, and there's rust on the on the steel beams and, <laughs> and so they're just confused you know um uh, <laughs> anything but that it's very right. clear. What's, well,
2: who the fact does he think he's snowing really
6: yeah, we submitted um uh a, a all this evidence to the attorney general in in london uh on behalf of the Campbell family. Uh, for a new inquest into Jeff Campbell's death, and he was uh, suffered uh, 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 the experience of being uh, blown up into little pieces, actually, oh. and uh, a horrible uh, situation. And his family uh, encouraged us to file this inquest uh, application on the on their behalf. So we raised funds from uh, the supporters. Architects and engineers for 9/11 Truth, and that uh, that will be submitted within two weeks um, by one of the top law firms and, cor- and who happens to also be a coroner, and coincidentally, uh, in uh, in in London. So uh, this is very exciting to us as well. And yes, mm-hmm. we've also submitted for a, a grand a grand jury investigation to the attorney. U.S. attorney in Manhattan, uh, and they have failed to prove to us, even though we filed a, a, um, a lawsuit requiring them to let us know what is going on, they failed to show that that something is indeed happening there.
2: Well, Richard, I'm really delighted to hear that this investigation is reaching across the ocean. And I'm wondering if there are other foreigners, you know, from other countries, it would be really great to get globalized on this. More countries looking into this, it would be harder for them to hide it.
6: Uh, I don't know how how much harder it would be for them to hide it or not. Uh, um, uh, we haven't filed it yet, but so we're crossing our fingers. I have had a lot of success in europe at our presentations in terms of numbers of of people coming uh and media exposure too uh so uh, we've had sellout uh crowds in france and spain and um and, and uh, new zealand uh even uh, australia um but you know it's it's been a while since we've been invited to to get out uh COVID has really put a a damper on our activities, mm-hmm. uh, but we've nevertheless been able to go to virtual conferences of structural engineers and um, civil engineers around the country. Uh, about two dozen presentations have been made, and they all raise their hand calling for a new investigation. So they're receptive, and That's once right. they see the evidence, once they actually look at it, and if people, if we don't get to all the evidence today. We can certainly encourage people to look at the uh, documentary nine eleven 11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out.
2: Definitely, and I'm encouraged that you're saying that the media in the other countries are actually paying attention to it. It gives me hope that not all mass media is owned by the same dark actors.
6: Well, I believe that they are, and sometimes I just feel they have to cover something and that was for a brief moment in time when we were there. I haven't heard any of any significant coverage uh, uh, since then. So it's 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 a slow climb up a, a very steep hill that we're about in the nine eleven truth movement. We're coming upon twenty years. In fact, we're putting together a film uh, by uh, director Dylan Avery, director of Loose Change nine eleven, and he has won some. Uh, prestigious uh, awards for his films since then one uh, black and blue about the uh, uh police department in new york this film is about the struggle of the family members uh for the, over the last 20 years in our efforts to help them uh, achieve justice with the experts uh giving out the evidence of the controlled demolition of all three towers most people don't know anything about the third tower, for instance. Uh, th- this is a 700-foot a, a high skyscraper, uh, easily the tallest building in most of our states. And this is World Trade Center 7, a part of the World Trade Center complex. Uh, and, and people don't even know that this skyscraper fell at 5.20 p.m. in the afternoon after witnesses hear explosions. It drops like a rock straight down uniformly symmetrically into its own footprint in the exact manner of a classic controlled demolition like the old hotels in las vegas that we've all Mm. seen so this came down to free fall for a third of its seven second fall and that means not one of the columns gave any resistance to the collapse of this building uh it was incredible uh and, and and witnesses heard explosions we have those witnesses on our Um, on our presentations and and the documentary I mentioned, uh, 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out, and we have the evidence in the pile of high-tech incendiaries uh, in the form of molten iron flowing like lava, the first responders say, down the channel rails uh, is one of the quotes. Uh, We have uh, evidence of Of the ends of the beams, according to FEMA. uh, Jonathan Barnett, fire protection engineer, says they are partly evaporated in extraordinarily high temperatures. They put in Appendix C uh, the evidence of hot sulfur corrosion attack on the steel. Uh, This is incredible evidence of the use of incendiaries. And by the way, liquid molten iron invading the grain boundaries of the steel. And so there's nothing else that can cause this. Uh, Remember, it takes 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit to melt steel. And we're told this building, which wasn't hit by an airplane, came down by normal office fires. Well, (laughs) office fires only don't create 2,800 degrees or 2,000 degrees or even 1,000 degree temperatures. So what can create those temperatures? That's what incendiaries do. That's what's found in the uh, in in the in the dust, the evidence of ignited incendiaries throughout the World Trade Center, 3-inch thick blanket, 3 square miles. It it's iron microspheres, liquid molten iron microspheres that have cooled. Uh, found by the US Geological Survey, not by conspiracy theorists. No, th- these are Small enough to be naked to the human eye, up to about a sixteenth of an inch. Some of them, they're molten iron. Well, where does iron come from? We haven't used iron in our skyscrapers for a hundred years. Uh, it doesn't come from the steel. The steel is an alloy. Well, molten iron is the byproduct of thermite. Uh, mol- molten iron in 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 it would under explosive conditions aerosolize and aerosolized liquids form themselves into spheres. So. What could have formed all of these molten iron spheres? Well, another team of international scientists led by Niels Herrit in Copenhagen finds uh, all kinds of red-gray chips that they say are curious. They thought they were paint at first, but they're attracted to a magnet. And so they zoom in and they do X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy and they find what? The ingredients of thermite, which is iron oxide and aluminum powder. They, That's they just astonishing,
2: Richard, how that could be overlooked. I mean, the preponderance of evidence is totally astonishing. That, uh, well,
6: especially when they go in and they find, uh, with a nuclear microscope 50,000 times, not only the ingredients of thermite, but at the scale, a thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair. This material is extremely sophisticated. Uh, thermite made only in the most advanced defense contracting laboratories, and guess what happens when they put it in a in a heater, a differential scanning calorimeter? It 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 ignites, producing what molten iron microspheres with the exact same chemical signature as the molten iron microspheres documented by the U.S. Geological Survey and R.J. Lee. So we know where they all came from. Uh, it's a set of repeatable, experimental, self-corroborating data that could put the real perpetrators of 9-11 uh, away for a long, long time for mass murder and treason.
2: So be it. So be it. Listen, Richard, my my co-hosts are chomping at the bit here to get a chance to talk with you. I want to bring Annette on first. No, this has been just amazing listening to all this work that you've compiled and the evidence. is. I'm very excited, and I don't think this can go on ignored. Anetta?
3: Yes, hi. I, this is Zach. very interesting. Thank you. And So as we look at this, of course, I'm wanting to jump like not into – I'm thinking that this was a rabbit hole, but maybe it's more like a rabbit cavern, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: <laughs> because obviously, I mean, this is quite obvious. This was not accidental. It wasn't what was told. I mean, you know, there's some of us – been aware for a long time it doesn't make sense. But the odd thing, I mean when I when this happened I was like, "Oh, you know, but then I, you know, I went right back into the the brainwash, right? Like, oh, that's what happened." But uh at some point you go, "Well, it still doesn't make sense." So anyway, with this, I'd like to talk about some of the motives for this. I mean, I know this is a little bit off because you're you're talking about uh, the side of the the actual science and the structural stuff and the engineering but what what's your feeling as far as I have some theories on why they took down Building Seven. There's a lot of theories. What what do you feel was the reason that you know, that and that was basically ignored too, as you said. So,
6: well, first, um, let's imagine why they took down the Twin Towers, because uh, it starts there. Um, and if you destroy cultural icons and kill thousands of Americans, you've now manipulated, or you have the capability to manipulate the emotions of the American people to go to war and get those bastards who did this to us, right? That's where I was personally in 2006 before I heard uh, th- about this information from David Ray Gershon on the radio. Uh, he's now written 14 books on these subjects. Uh, and so uh, you, you, you have, and with the Pentagon, you have an act of war. So now they can go to war legally because uh, we've been attacked uh, by fanatical Muslims, as the story tells us. Well, um, so, so, and and why would we want to go to war? Uh, well, in Afghanistan, we're we're talking about ninety percent of the world's opium uh, 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 coming from there, and the Taliban had, had shut off the flow. Uh, uh seriously uh, mm-hmm. and so now the the flow of opium is is far exceeding what it was even before the taliban according to the un numbers and, well let's not so, let,
3: let's let's not forget to our for our listeners what uh what we have bush's nickname
6: poppy bush poppy <laughs> bush right that's right very interesting <laughs> no. but uh now most people don't know that set of facts um they might be more comfortable with the fact that the natural resources in Afghanistan uh, are, are, are very rich. And, and we have been mining those now, uh, or at least under our control. Um, we also have the, 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 the gas pipeline from the Caspian Sea uh, going through Afghanistan. Uh, so what about Iraq? Why did we have to drag Iraq into this war? Iraq had nothing to do with Osama bin Laden. Well, we were told it did. But that failed, and the weapons of mass destruction uh, uh, pr- uh, excuse failed. But before that, we went to war with Saddam Hussein uh, because why? Well, they, 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 the world's richest oil, you know, reserves are, are there. So, you know, the motivation uh, there. Now, as far as Building Seven goes, um, the oh, by the way, in the Twin Towers, we lost um, several. Billion dollars uh, worth of bonds were lost, and and uh, and gold also. So, those robberies uh, are documented by several, including James Corbett. Nine uh, Eleven, uh, uh, follow the trillions. That's the name of his uh, YouTube video. Very. Well,
3: I, I, I want to come back to this, but keep going for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> okay,
6: <so laughs> buildings. And, Um, There's a lot of uh, theories about why Building 7 needed to come down. Some of them revolve around the 23rd floor, which was the emergency bunker that was designed to run uh, the city in the event of a major uh, catastrophic event uh, like a hurricane or perhaps like this. Um, But some speculate that the whole event might have been run out of that 23rd floor. And so they couldn't afford to have any evidence laying behind. Um, uh, all, uh, also, the, 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 the 12th and 13th floor, where the worst fires were, were the home of the Securities and Exchange Commission, which lost hundreds of uh, uh, cases worth of thousands of files in them uh, about uh, major Wall Street crimes like Enron and WorldCom.
3: Right. So, yeah, there was a lot of reasons. I mean, I understood that there was also huge amounts of transactions that happened just preceding this. And then there was a whole bunch of money that's sort of disappearing. And then all of a sudden, all the records of it are disappeared as building seven. Uh, that's one. But there's also this idea about, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, um, Long Roberts, who's nefarious at best. And, uh, what, and then that 9.1 million that you kind of alluded to, or trillion, sorry. Million trillion—that's <laughs> the difference, right? Uh, so, do you have any any thoughts on that? Or have, I mean, this is just kind of this interesting little—not not a hole, like I said, it's like a cavern once you get in there. So, any ideas on that?
6: I missed your point uh, about uh, John Roberts. Uh, did oh, you say well, he's worth?
3: John Roberts was—it's—it's it's, mm, said that he had received like 9.1 trillion dollars in this process and it was all all those records were kind of mm, disposed of with that with that coming down Uh, and there was uh, it was a lot it was a huge money laundering thing that went back through and and we know that he you know we know that he's deep 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 into the cabal he's well he's very corrupt he's he's pedophile blah 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 all, all kinds of horrible things so so you basically haven't heard
6: well, well, I've I've heard some some of those accusations, and I I don't disbelieve them after mm-hmm. knowing, uh, you know, some of the things he's done. But it's not my area of expertise or reason.
3: Okay. Yeah, I just was wondering if you had any any insight on that one. Like, it's just kind of an interesting little topic. So anyway, we have got two minutes left. So would you, before we go to break, is there anything in particular you want to kind of close up this this line of thinking with that we're what we've covered so far?
6: yeah I think nine eleven is the domino that knocks over all the other dominoes uh the false flags that have occurred you know before and after nine eleven um a false flag operation is where one country goes and commits an act of war against another one and blames it or uh, commits an act of war on itself and blames it on another country this is mm-hmm. how uh Reichstag fire uh was one of the ways that Hitler uh, attained enormous power in, in the beginning. The sinking of the Lusitania, the sinking of the USS Maine, the the sinking of the or the attempted sinking of the USS Liberty outside of Egypt. Uh, these these things are researched by David Ray Griffin and others. And yeah, um, and I, and I would
3: they, expand that to say that it's also. Uh, Terrorist, domestic and foreign—I mean, both—because we actually have false flags that happen within countries that are clearly uh, set up by our own agencies. So,
6: there's bombings like the Oklahoma City bombing and even the World Trade Center bombing in '93. It was a matter of court record that the FBI provided the live bomb. Right. Mm -hmm.
3: And we're sure seeing a lot of false flags going in right now. (laughs) <laughs> Boy, I can't keep track of them all, you know.
6: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. The, you know, they create a problem. Uh, we know what the problem is right now. And then they bring out the solution. And then we know what the solution is. And hundreds of millions of people around the world have already taken the solution. And um, mm-hmm. their 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 lives uh, and certainly their health are at risk, uh, serious risk. Uh, and I encourage people to uh, uh, come to the event that uh, we're having in in September uh, in New York on 9-11, uh, which uh, venue is uh, still to be decided. Uh, Rich- but the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry has Richard, done
3: an- Yes. You know what? We're totally over break. And I wanted people to get that. So let's do that when we come back. Thanks.
6: Yeah, you bet. So I didn't hear the music.
1: Thank
3: you.
7: Here's the big word, law. It stands for land, air, water. When you are born and you come into this world, you're born on the land, not the water. That's what the bar operates in, that's their jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the sea, okay? Law stands for land, common law. A stands for air, acoustical law, canon law. And W stands for water, which is Admiralty Maritime Law. That's what lawyers are trained in, which is contract law. It's the difference between legal and lawful is legal applies to that which is incorporated right? Legal persons, which are fictions that are created when we're born. That's what the birth certificate represents people, okay? It's very disturbing when you understand that truth. For the other side of the news, my name's Christopher James, and I just wanted to give my full support to these wonderful people who are bringing incredible light forward at this time and moment in our world. The truth has never been more important, and I was incredibly blessed to be with them and share with them the enormous truth on our very first interview, and I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing our world finally coming together under one hood, under one understanding that there's truly only one of us, and that there's only love that matters in this world, and this one truth is going to save our world, and I'm so blessed to be able to bring this forward and share this light with my fellow man and woman from this show this evening. So support them all you can moving forward. They're an incredible bunch of people and Godspeed.
1: it's funny because I think you know I went through my crazy phase where I made mistakes before the internet and before social media and before any of this whereas now you can't do that there's no such thing so you're saying about black and white and what it does is it stops people expressing themselves people are too frightened it's like you know I want to say something but if what if I use the wrong term But I remember a story a couple of years ago where Benedict Cumberbatch who at the time was a darling in the media's eyes was complaining about the disparity between the treatment of um, black actors and of white actors and and he was sticking up and saying you know they're not getting paid as well they're not getting the jobs that they should be getting and they're being there is no equality but what he said was there isn't equality for colored actors well you've said colored there benedict you can't do that and so they went for him and he was vilified and he had to come out and do a big apology. Now what it was, it was it was a slip of the tongue. He's obviously not racist. He's actively trying to say that there is discrimination and he's trying to stick up for that community. But he was vilified and attacked. And that's what happens now. And so when people make their mistakes now, they make their mistakes on the internet. They make their mistakes on social media where they're screenshotted. Forever. And so I think that's all part of the conditioning that people are frightened. You know, if you're in a position where I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say, in the end you'll go, well, I won't say anything then. The fallout of this is gonna be extraordinary with that because people don't realize, you know, when you're phoning up the police and grasping on your neighbors and when all this ends, they're still gonna be your neighbours. And you're still gonna have to live next door to them. And good luck with that hello everyone my name's gareth ike it's been a pleasure to talk on the other side of the news fantastic conversation with kinthea timothy and anetta and i wish you all the best with a fantastic podcast
3: back to the other side of the news and tonight we have a lively discussion going on with richard gage and our show this evening is entitled reconstructing truth and i am here with my co hosts kenthea and timothy and i'd like to pick up where we left off richard i'm sorry i had to cut you off there for break but you were talking about the conferences and how people can become more
6: informed oh yes um so on our website, ae911truth.org, I encourage people to uh, check out uh, the evidence, uh, the videos, the booklets, uh, the brochures, activist materials, etc. But Law- Lawyers Committee for 9/11 Inquiry, LC911, uh, it's, it's the, the, the website is lc4911.org, is also doing an exceptional job. They've packaged our evidence. And it provided it for these lawsuits. And they're going to be updating everybody, not only on the subject of 9-11, but the anthrax, which is happening on the day of 9-11. It's part of the 9-11 conspiracy. And uh, they've also uh, are looking into COVID and, and the uh, the serious problems uh, with the official story, uh, to say the least. Um uh, they're, they're, they've got expert speakers uh, uh, coming on board, uh, like Reiner Fulmich, who's, who's center, uh, center uh, on this uh, subject right now, legally. Uh, very exciting. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be having a, a conference or set of conferences in New York, um, and uh, that's going to be on September 11th, and uh, we'll also be showing our film on September 9th. Uh, and we have uh, that venue almost booked also. So uh, stand by for details, and, and, and you can sign on to our website so you don't miss anything. Right right at the website, you can sign up for on our email list, ae911truth.org.
3: Okay, and I'm sure Cynthia will put these addresses in the show items page for you, too, so people can always go back and refer to that. I wanted to go back just a little bit, and then I do want to hand it over to Timothy about this um, building number seven. There's always been this thing where they barely have ever acknowledged that it, it came down. And we know that that was for reasons that they had, because we also know that they were standing in front of it 20 minutes ahead of time and said that it had fallen when it was standing behind them maybe you would want to vote
6: well, let's iterate let's that. be clear <laughs> yeah let's let's get the get it out there uh, absolutely correctly the fact is that the BBC who was reporting uh, that afternoon at five o'clock 20 minutes before building seven even collapsed they announced its collapse this is an extraordinary uh, example of Psychic ability or something. (laughs) It's foreknowledge is is what it is. They even give the reason why. They say due to weakening uh, uh, of the structure when the Twin Towers fell. And it's like, what? So so
3: I would like you to, to, for our listeners that are not familiar with the placement of these buildings, to explain why that is the most freaking ridiculous excuse you could ever come up with. Well, the,
6: <laughs> yeah, the, Building Seven is about a hundred yards uh, uh, from Building the, the uh, WTC One, the North Tower, and and so um, it, it actually did get hit by some of the beams, which flew laterally out of the towers at eighty miles an hour laterally, landing six hundred feet in every direction. So we have. Uh, you know, all almost all of the steel, 99% of it, is outside the footprint of either of these buildings. Uh, so there's nothing uh, – there's, there's only a two-story pile of twisted metal and so forth uh, at the bottom of these towers. So uh, how could 100,000 tons of steel, a third of the weight of each of these buildings, crush the building? If all of the steel is up to 1,400 foot in diameter around it, um, and and maybe people will say, well, it's the concrete. The concrete floors, I mean, they're an acre in size, four and eight inches thick. There's 110 of them. We'd expect to see 110 floors or maybe 50 or maybe 10. We don't see one at the bottom of either of these towers. They are in midair at the beginning of the collapse, pulverized to a fine powder, which is spread in a three-inch thick blanket from river to river across lower Manhattan. So that so there's another third of the weight of these buildings completely unavailable to crush the building. There's That's two-thirds altogether of the well, weight. There's nothing left virtually to crush the building. That's what's an extraordinary feature here. So Building 7, it it got hit by a few of these beams, and presumably that's why the fires started. But fires uh, have never, and these are few and small scattered fires, if you look at our uh, videos on the subject. Um, We have, um, by the way, if anybody wants to real quick look at Building 7 coming down, just uh, Google uh, or YouTube search, uh, Solving the Mystery. Of Building Seven, actor Ed Asner narrates this. He'll be joining us in New York, by the way. Uh, very exciting uh, to have him on board. But Building Seven, um, uh, uh, the fires—fires fires have never brought down a steel-frame skyscraper ever. You know? Oh yeah, isn't that
2: great yeah. that they all—the
3: the only ones that have ever come down the history of skyscrapers—all three came down on the same day. And they yeah, were all we have, by the same person. Oh, you know, what <laughs> yeah, What are And that the chances? person is
6: Larry Silverstein.
3: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right.
6: <laughs> and you yeah, know, and who said, by the way, he he also had an interesting thing. He said uh, a year after uh, 9 11 on, on PBS, uh, a show he's interviewed about Building 7. he says, Oh, I was talking to the fire commander, and uh, he they, they said, There's been such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is pull it. And so they gave the order to pull, and we watched the building come down. There's a few things wrong with that statement. One, firefighters don't pull buildings. Two, pull it is a term used in the controlled demolition industry. Three, uh, uh, they, the fire the firefighters weren't even in the building. They were told not to fight the fire from the very beginning. So none of it makes sense. It's It's another admission of controlled demolition. Hmm. Well,
3: I know Timothy is as out there and ready to ask some questions. So um, let me shift over to him. And thank you for answering all those questions for me.
0: Sure. Good evening, Richard. Hi, Timothy. Timothy. How are you? Great. How are you doing? It's the last time we talked. I think we were on Richard Hoagland's uh, the other side of midnight channel, and uh, we had fairly lively discussion. And yeah, uh, it was. Uh, there's, there's so many more. Avenues to, to discuss about nine eleven, and I'm absolutely thrilled by your your progress in your group. So so congratulations on that. And uh, this event, which is what just under seven weeks away, uh, is is going to be very special. So I shall definitely make some time available to to try and watch what you're doing from afar. I would Thank like to, you. I'd like to very much turn our attention a little bit to Florida, and I would first would like to offer a couple of my thoughts um regarding the condo in, in surfside. Uh, you know, it it did go down pretty quickly. Um, initially I, I had the illusion that it was you know somehow a natural disaster. Maybe, you know the foundation suddenly gave way or, or something along those lines. Uh on further examination looking at the security camera it seemed to be initially only one view available uh, that the frames of the video right at the beginning of the 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 video itself um, showed what one could perceive to be a flash of light high up on the left side of the first part of the building that went down and On further examination, if you start going to an edit suite and start literally looking at every little video interlaced image, you'll see that actually the very beginning of the video is black, has a black background, and then the video mixes from a black background to the first frame of the video of the building before it falls. This is all within the first second of the video. So in fact, there's no way of telling if that flash of light is in fact a light a flash of light or if it is simply the background changing from black to white as the video image changes so my suspicions were aroused however there was not conclusive evidence to say it was an explosive charge or anything like this so i kind of put it on the shelf and and thought about it for a while but i do have to say that on the second Past the building that fell um lower down i'm, I'm guessing around the fifth floor I, I did not count exactly so don't don't you know bite me for that one but somewhere on the fourth or the fifth floor it did seem that there were very bright i would almost say pyrotechnic looking flashes certainly at least one or two uh before the building fell so again to me, I would have expected more charges or detonations if if the building was brought down through deliberate sort of uh, explosions of you know, next to the columns, for example. So again, I put it on, on hold, and, and we have been doing our due diligence, and we have been watching to see as new information comes forward. And I would just like to sort of highlight that, Regardless if it was brought down with explosives or not, I come back to the point that it did seem to fall pretty fast. Now it, it, it the floors did not pulverize into a dust, like the Twin Towers, for example. But still I do have a very big question in my mind saying why was a security cam camera cut at that precise fraction of a second? You know, why has the security guards or guards? Why have they not been interviewed? Why have the other surveillance cameras not been uh, released? Why have the nine eleven uh recordings of the telephone calls that came through, why have they not been shared in full? So, put me out of my misery. Do you think that there was <laughs> anything nefarious going on here? Or was it really just a, a, you know, a building falling down through natural neglect
6: well you have cited some of the most compelling reasons to suspect uh this collapse and 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 i've been uh all over this um as well although i i can't spend you know full time so i rely on some of the people who are Suspicious of official stories in my circle, um, like um, the, the first thing you mention is, I think one of the most important because I was looking for flashes as well in in the collapse of this condominium in, in Surfside, Florida, and mm-hmm. it um, it's 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 really bad. Looks bad. Uh, that we only have a video from an iPhone looking at a monitor, which is the security footage. Hmm. Now, why don't we get the original footage? How many more flashes would we see if we had that footage of 10 seconds prior to the downward motion of this building? Because as you, as you mentioned, um, it is obviously edited. So what else was edited out of it? In fact, could they have edited the flashes out of it if there were any? Uh, we don't know because we don't have the original footage. We don't, and like you said, we don't have the original footage of the security cameras, uh, around the outside of the building or inside the building and and those and we would have the it would be on memory uh uh, uh in in the devices uh, the electronic uh, uh capturing devices uh, of the of the footage and uh they may not have had time to get it uploaded uh to the cloud like i'm sure it is done today for backup but but uh, you know there's no mention on the part of the media of looking for 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 that footage, or demanding the release of the original uh, footage that, from across the street. That building wasn't destroyed, the no. building
0: that was, that was taking this footage. In the complex itself, I mean, the, you can see from other uh, previous photographs and, and video taken at, at Surfside before it's collapsed, well before it's collapsed, you could see that you know, there were cameras looking at the pool, there were surveillance cameras looking at the entrance, and you know, not not to mention the other buildings around that obviously would have caught this in frame. It, it really does smell of the unusual aircraft that apparently hit the Pentagon on nine eleven as well. You know, suddenly all of the videotapes oh it 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 doesn't exist. We don't have it. We only have a few frames. You know.
6: Yeah, that, that's just damning to me. Uh, and and uh, the uh, the other point, uh, what was it? Um, Oh, on your website, um, you have assembled some of the best research on this subject that I have uh, that I have come across. And so uh, uh, I learned some new things today watching uh, Jeff uh, Ostroff yes. and Josh Porter uh, of Building Integrity. Indeed. Uh, two different uh, channels on YouTube. I encourage people to... To uh, search on YouTube or just watch, well, there's they've done several videos. You've got a few of them uh, on on your website, but it's extraordinary. They did they did a great job. Now they go, you know, they're they're supporting the natural collapse theory, and there are some really strong. There's some really strong evidence supporting the natural collapse theory. One of which is that there are multiple witnesses of. Well, first of all, on the other side of the equation, there's multiple witnesses hearing explosions mm-hmm. now, or, or one explosion. I don't think anybody heard more than one explosion. But uh, I've got a theory as to what that might be. But there are, there are also multiple witnesses that saw the, the, the caving in. They called it a sinkhole uh, of the pool deck prior to the building uh, even coming down. So we know that the beginning of the collapse did not occur underneath the building, which is where you would expect a, a, a if it was a deceptive controlled demolition, you'd expect uh, the the collapse to occur under the building. But why waste mm-hmm. your time and energy and, and additional surfacing of evidence in in a pool deck which wouldn't even matter and we can get into uh, motive in this in in a moment but i just think it's fascinating that the pool deck uh maybe a third of it uh dropped on top of the cars below that the parking structure is immediately beneath the pool deck as well as the building and and so these fell on the cars and the columns are shown skewering up through the pool deck. Now, that is, um, should never happen in a structural collapse, and it shouldn't happen in a controlled demolition either.
0: Uh, no, one, once, one would assume that the columns would be taken out in order to create exactly. demolition. If they're still yeah. standing, if they've skewered up through, then it would, I guess, suggest that the the slabs which are resting on the columns have either moved sideways or, or you know, vectored in a different direction so they're no longer supported and then just got into free fall.
6: Well, one of them, uh, uh, if it, imagine the, the, at the, the start of it, well, first of all, we know from the Morabito report in 2018 that there were serious problems of, uh, of, of reinforcing steel that's been corroded mm-hmm. and, and, and spalling that's occurred as a result. And we've True. seen pictures of that, and so they—that's th- another important element that we can't ignore in trying to figure out what happened here. We, uh, we should when, also when,
0: share with our Richard. We should just share with our listeners that, you know, to, for a, a skyscraper to stay up or a condo to stay up, we have two materials which are used to create the structure, essentially. And the thing—the properties of concrete—is it's, it's—it's very, very good in compression. And it's hopeless in tension. Whereas steel is pretty good at tension. So in order for something to stay up, uh you know what we do is is we reinforce the concrete with steel, and so that if the the weight of the building is is pushing down on the concrete, and the concrete's very good with compression, so that's no problem. And if the building is you know, thinking about swaying around at all, then the steel is very good intention, so it stops it from swaying around. So it, it's a hybrid; it's a harmony between the two materials, which is balanced and calculated. Is that is and, that a fair?
6: That yeah, that's very good, and 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 that's what's going on in the slab, and 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 you need to keep that dry, uh, because if the waterproofing membrane, which is above the nine and a half inch thick slab, there and below the concrete pavers, which are over sand, um, if that membrane fails, and it doesn't last forever, and I we don't know if it was replaced ever, uh, but if it fails and leaks, the water gets down into and, and and actually can penetrate through the concrete. Concrete is not a water barrier. The steel no. then will absorb rust and when it rusts it expands and when it expands it pushes the concrete off opening up additional areas for water penetration in and around and through the network of reinforcing so that's what most uh, of these engineers uh, and uh, several of which you have on your website uh, Mm -hmm. believe is going on here Uh, and, and I'm beginning to believe it too because you actually have uh, the the failure starting uh, just outside the pool deck, or or at least uh, outside the building, because that's what was observed. Now we also have something else that's very interesting. Six minutes or so before the building came down, we have a tourist from across the street in a video many of us have seen mm-hmm. uh, of of not only water uh, pouring out of the ceiling of the garage onto the floor, which is uh, uh, not down at the ramp, but beyond the ramp on the other side of the building, which is the pool deck. And that's where the, the uh, planter boxes were, which collect water. And, and, the, designed, and they're also
0: pretty heavy as well. They're creating point loads, which...
6: And they get heavier as they fill up with water. Uh, yes. Uh, and they could fill up with water if the drains weren't working. So there's a number of compounding issues here that could have happened. But the most interesting thing that I saw today that I didn't see on your website uh, was from um, Jeff Ostrich. Uh, Ostrich. And he pointed out, or was it Jeff, Josh Border? he pointed out exactly where that column uh, uh well, the debris uh, on the garage floor underneath the pouring water yes. was from mm-hmm. he he found that there's a column missing by comparing uh a a similar photo taken from an identically designed building just down the road uh a, a few doors and uh properties and he 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 found that there's a whole column that was missing under the building uh uh, on the underneath the outside of the south side of the building, so what does that mean that that, that means that's that's probably the explosion that somebody heard i mean a column failing under a significant twelve story building like this would produce uh, quite a sound a concrete uh column so Absolutely. i think uh i think that's uh if that's not that also is the side the the, uh, the line on the line of columns between the pool deck and the building, so which is directly underneath that uh, garden uh, box? So I I think that's what we're looking at here. I don't think you can bring down a building or hope to bring down one by taking out one column. And now we have evidence that seven six minutes prior to the collapse. We have one column that is not where it's supposed to be. It's in a pile uh, of concrete debris underneath that splashing or pouring water.
1: Richard,
0: this is all fascinating. However, we're coming up on a break. I'd like to come back to this point afterwards. And also, ladies, please come in if you'd like to uh, offer some comments. So you're listening to The Other Side of the News. This evening's show is called Reconstructing Truth. And our special guest is Richard Gage.
8: One of the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception at a, on a wide scale is because it's the banks at the core and they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air. So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. Uh, they just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. and then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet, because they're making outrageous profits by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boise Squared, the author of Government, The Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news. With Timothy, Annetta, and Cynthia. Thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide.
0: And welcome back to the other side of the news. Richard, just before the break, we were just having some detailed discussions about the, uh, the neglect, or should I say, the results that have come from great neglect with this building in Surfside. And I, I could argue that you know, a long period of neglect is also a, a sort of an indirect intentional demolition I mean, I believe this report uh, has, has been made with various cost estimations for, for years before, and the building had deteriorated quite badly. Lots sort of uh, corrugated plastic diverting, you know, drain water or yeah. surface water away from people's cars because they obviously just had it waxed and they didn't want to upset the wax on their cars. And
6: that was underneath the garden uh, box as, as well.
0: Indeed, indeed. There's also another point as well. I saw that in one of the reports, I forget which one, um, but a core sample had been taken at some point of the nine-inch slab. And I have not personally taken core samples of concrete. However, this particular core sample seemed to be in three pieces as if the middle part had rotten. Now, that may have just broken off in the act of cutting that core sample, or it may be really revealing the truth that, you know the concrete was the concrete slab was in fact sort of hollow because the middle had rotten out. Do you have anything to add about that?
6: I had a similar thought Timothy um the core samples don't fall apart uh concrete core samples mm-hmm. they they are rock hard they're like a rock i've seen plenty of them myself. So it 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 shouldn't have been uh bad Mo- more interestingly would be the uh report uh of that sample uh, by the structural engineer and, and, and the lab um, that is critical information which I didn't see so uh, and, and that sample was taken right near the, the garden box as well
0: exactly so uh,
6: that, re- that loosely reminds me of, of all structural engineers by the way who I have heard comment on this maybe a half a dozen so far they are all baffled that a building could come down like this all at mm-hmm. once, basically, you know, in, on, in on exact manner. Yeah. Yeah. On its footprint, it didn't tip over. I mean, now, uh, so, so that's extremely interesting. Also, you would not expect that. And yet, um, well, there, there there's no water damage above. There shouldn't be; it'd be statistically impossible, probably, to have water damage through the whole structure. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about you know anything, any corrosion, uh, except uh, from the uh, garage roof down and the pool deck down. So even if that lower part failed, the question is, uh, and it didn't fall all at once, as we discussed why did the entire building uh fail um it seems nearly at freefall we are unable to measure it because of the uh of the nature of, of the panning iphone mm-hmm. um we can't measure with the ac- enough accuracy the the collapse speed but it looks like it came down near freefall uh and and so that it, it should have decelerated when say the the second floor or the first floor hits the ground it, it it should have been sturdy enough now I'll tell you what my structural engineers on our staff not our staff but our our board are are are, are sharing and and one of them is a structural engineer who has spent decades looking at failures of concrete buildings from, you know, uh, the, the last several uh, decades. This was designed in the late 70s, and he says they were designed as non ductile buildings, meaning that the, you don't have a whole lot of reinforcing going at the connection of the column to the slab or the column to the beam you want reinforcing coming out of the top of that column, going in every direction into Mm -hmm. the beam or slab up above it. Absolutely. And and that way, if if there's a moment uh, or a bending action uh, between the beam or slab above and the column below, uh, it can be absorbed by the tension capacity of that reinforcing. Now, you can see, Uh, in, in all of these punctures, uh, at the pool deck of the, uh, slab, uh, falling halfway down the length of the column, you do not see much reinforcing. There's maybe two rebars going in each direction. And he says this is, (laughs) no, he says that's a non-ductal connection. And, and that's the way they did it. Now, if that's true, then, and, 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 and that, along with even corrosion, is the is the real problem here. Why have they not uh, evacuated the other two identically designed Champlain towers?
3: Mm-hmm.
6: There's no re- there's no good reason to to not get those people out of there because I mean they had a hurricane last week and they didn't even get them out of there, and that would increase bending moments on these uh, structural. Uh, frame,
0: uh, the concrete structural frame. Absolutely, and that same hurricane was enough of an excuse to demolish the rest of the building uh, which strangely enough made it very difficult to continue any of the searches and obviously cover up or further cover up any evidence of yeah, let's just say any potential nefarious actions before the demolition uh, the fall, I should say.
3: Uh, Richard? Hi. hi. I want to jump into that that you know, infamous rabbit cavern a little bit here. Uh, what about, and Timothy too, what, what about the idea that, you know, a combination thing where we have a building that clearly has some structural issues from neglect, you know, does it have to be one or the other? Can we be trying to build a story and still use demolition? Because I look at this and one thing is, is they had roof work going on extensive roof for a month before this and anyone who knows anything about building retrofits fitting and and that kind of structural stuff you don't start from the top and go down that's very odd and then the other thing is is again like you've pointed out this surely does look like a uh, implosion in other words falling in its same footprint etc this does not look like a natural building collapse in any way shape or form so could it be that they're trying to Push that that narrative of it was all natural, but it was helped right along. And what do you think of that idea?
6: Uh, I don't have a, 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 the knowledge of of their strategy here. I, I it's certainly possible. I mean, they they need more support for their illegitimate official reasons for the World Trade Center towers to come down and I I have to agree that this provides an element of that because the debunkers are coming out of the dark uh, now and saying uh, you see, buildings can fall down uh, at free fall into their own footprints it just happened and there's no one crying foul well there, there are people crying foul but they're 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 not organized they're they're um they don't have evidence either by the way uh, other than the the nature of the collapse of the building it does present a problem for me uh, because i have been sharing that no other building has collapsed at 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 or near freefall that wasn't a controlled demolition yes. and now everybody is going to be saying look it happened here well, we have a whole lot of other body of evidence for Building Seven and the Twin Towers, but I don't have any other evidence, including flashes of light, uh, that could help me to come to the conclusion that this indeed was a controlled demolition. I'm looking for it. I'm looking hard for it, and I'd well, like to see the original video that we well, were talking again, about.
3: I mean, in the in the more conspiracy <laughs> vein, it. it the fact that all the, all the 911 calls have been suppressed and the security camera films have gone, we don't know where, and that this roof work does bother me. I mean, we all know that you don't start working on a building and doing repairs of that type from the roof down. That's not it. So, I mean, it, it, it certainly raises some flags. Again, we don't have, we haven't been able to, we, as in I'm, like I'm going to, no, I'm not But no one's been able to go in there and actually uh, get samples, as far as I know, right, of what they did before with finding uh, evidence of thermite and things. Have we, uh, or whatever kind of explosive might have been used? No no one's been able to get in there, correct? Or am I wrong?
6: I I don't know of anybody.
3: And and why are they keeping it so tied up? And why did they bring the other towers down? I mean, these are just, I'm just asking the questions. I'm not purporting to have any kind of answer.
6: Well, what we're told is that they had to bring the rest of the building down in order to, so it it didn't hover over them as a danger. And and, mm-hmm. and so they needed to bring it down in order to continue search and rescue work near that part of the
0: building, but I don't know what's true.
3: That doesn't even make sense. I mean, there is a thing called logic. You know. so, anyway. there's, there's
0: also the point, Anessa that, and, and Richard, that I guess it would take somebody with fairly large... Walls or ovaries to go in there and put the charges in the rest of that building which was sort of yeah teetering about to fall if 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 it was in the same state as the other one that already had fallen Uh, well and the time
6: i mean look at look at how fast they did it how long would it take to rig
0: such a building the time
6: they told us that the the building they decided to take the building down it was like two days now, you cannot rig a building like that in two days. It takes months. So I uh, I I that I can't explain that either. I mean, is that evidence? I don't know. It's it certainly cause for suspicion that they were pre-rigged. Now, if they were pre-rigged, how do they do that in, in an occupied building? Or was the building really that occupied? Was there really 150 people that uh, died? Uh, you know, we can't prove that. Uh, it, that I mean, if, from the conspiratorial side, you would be you would be wanting proof that uh, that uh, there were uh, it was fully occupied. The, the pictures in the garage, uh, you know, were taken. The, the video was taken a year ago, so it sur- surely seemed to be fully occupied then. But uh, how many cars were in there? Could you see in there? From the video of six minutes prior to the collapse from the tourist across the street, I I, I couldn't – I didn't see any. But not that you could from that angle.
2: These all good questions, Richard. Richard. I'm going to jump in here one second just to give you the heads up. I promised you 15 more minutes, so it's a quarter to, just so you know.
6: Oh, yes. Yes, I'm late, and I have to – skedaddle, and thank you for the warning. I appreciate it thank so much. Thank
2: you so much. We so appreciated your time with us. It was illuminating. Really oh, appreciate oh,
6: it. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. You guys are great. Uh We'll have to come and, and talk again when we get more information uh, on the sure conspiratorial help. side <laughs> or the official
2: side. Yeah, I'll be looking for it. Great. Great. Excellent. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thanks, I hope guys. we can I hope we can meet up again before your, well, within seven weeks, maybe. Maybe we can do a show on the run-up to your uh, 9-11 event.
6: Great. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: I really hated to let him go, but I promised. (laughs) So this is uh, any, any words the two of you want to share before we bring Darlene back on?
0: I have something to say, Annette. I mean, we did do a show a couple of weeks back when Michael Jacob was was on board with us. And Annette made a good point on that show. And that was the, was this an excuse to bring in emergency measures and therefore allow the government to, I say the government, is it the federal department? Oh, FEMA. To come in,
3: FEMA. Sorry,
0: FEMA, yeah. excuse me. FEMA to take control of that territory and of course as we all know as i also mentioned in the opening that florida is one of the states the naughty states that is not following the uh the lockdown protocols from covid and doing quite well out of it as well so
3: yeah we know they like to punish those
0: (laughs) yeah i mean in hindsight now and that's a do you see anything on the horizon that would sort of back up what you were suggesting i'm I'm not testing you i'm just interested to see if, if there is anything like uh you know, a change of policy or a change in any in any other balance.
3: there's nothing there's nothing really definitive, but there seems to be a lot of turbulence in in the area like there it's it's almost i mean this is strictly uh my perspective kind of viewpoint but it, it seems like there's a lot of small activity going on, maybe not so small if you had a condo in that building that's not so small but there's all these different things going on that it looks like they're trying to create a perfect storm and just haven't quite gotten it off the ground. And it's, it, they're, it looks like they're trying to foment an issue, which just isn't taking. That's, Mm -hmm. that's just from my observational point of view. And maybe that's what, what's going on. And it just hasn't quite, I mean, I see this a lot. Like, uh, uh, for example they're trying to engineer these f- food shortages and uh, the farmers are coming out and outing them and um people with produce warehouses are outing them and you know it they're they're getting their their plan is getting foiled because they're getting exposed so maybe this is again something like that because there's a lot of people that look at this and they go oh this doesn't you know this doesn't hold water back in 911 we were all blissfully naive when this happened but not so much now 20 years later So maybe it's just not working out. I don't
0: know. Well, another thought is I I did spend quite a lot of time in Florida last year, but I I was not aware. I could not. I cannot recollect where Florida stood in terms of the last election. Uh, Was Florida for Trump or for Biden?
3: It was it was for Trump.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that the comments that came out, um, which I heard very early on, this was a big sort of press release at Surfside was, you know, uh, the I think it was the mayor, I forget the name now, but uh, the mayor was saying that, you know, government is really working here in Miami. Government is really working in Florida. We have, we're flooded with funding. Thank you so much to President Biden and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, again, I don't wish to be unnecessary sort of, uh, what's the word? Paranoid about these things. Not that I take one side or, or the other. However, it, could it be perhaps a? You know, obviously, there's a lot of things happening in parallel here. And my, my first reaction was this is a land grab because there were shiny apartments along that coastline, and that this particular building was not one of the new shiny buildings. But uh, you know, there could be many plans happening it could, in, in parallel.
3: Oh, it it is, is this a
0: political move as well? You know, could this be oh, like setting up the strategy for the next election?
3: I, I do believe it could be all, and probably is all. And you know, I am. Um, uh, I admittedly one that will will jump into lots of rabbit holes and burrow around. Uh, that's my nature. Uh, I like to find out facts. But in a situation like this, it's very difficult. We're you know, we're just putting out theories and saying, well, you know, this looks interesting. And oftentimes we don't get to know until much later. But certainly there's a lot of stuff adding up. Like I said, a lot of little kind of eddies, you know, that are out there trying to create maybe the big um, eye of the storm. And it just hasn't quite fomented into what maybe they're after. I I don't have a way of knowing that, but it certainly is very, very suspicious that all of this is occurring like it is at the same time. Yes, it could be a land grab, but I, I tend to think it's that and something a bit more nefarious. Mm -hmm. That's my personal view.
0: My point of view, I'm kind of, there's an awful lot of suspicious evidence around. However, I'm still on the fence because you know, I literally think if there's even a split second, one more second before of the security camera, before the building fell, then we could discern whether these are actually, you know, floodlights or explosive flashes. And I think that could be the difference of night and day. And it's amazing how that video is cut just at that precise Well, and it's very, of a second.
3: It's extraordinarily suspicious. Mm. But uh, we have Darlene still waiting in the wings. We should bring her back on. Indeed. Carlene, are you there?
4: Yes, I am. Okay. Captivated by the information. So I know Richard Gage personally. So the information is phenomenal.
3: We kind of left off. What was it that you would like to bring to our audience before we end our show? What's the most important point you'd like to bring up about what's going on in Canada and what the Canadian people are doing?
4: Well, there's a couple of things that are happening specific to British Columbia that, um, again, when something happens in one place, it uh, typically will be a spread elsewhere. So I wanted to speak to a mailing campaign that's been happening here, and uh, they've been spending a lot of money because in, on the envelope that people are receiving, it says a COVID-19 vax has been reserved for you. Learn more inside, you know, let's make it as fun sounding. And this is on glossy, very expensive uh, print and glossy paper. And I want to read just some of the the letter. This is from the public health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry. And she says, Dear so and so, did you know that a COVID-19 vaccine has been set aside for you? Getting vaccinated is more convenient than ever. Interior Health staff are saving a vaccine for you. There's no need to register in advance. Just show up and get vaccinated. It's that easy. You'll be joining millions of British Columbians who have already stepped up for their first dose. They've been a big part of how BC slowed the spread of COVID-19. But to really put the pandemic behind us, we need to get more people in your community vaccinated. Canada's approved vaccines have been extensively tested to make sure they're safe. At best of all, they're very effective. If you want to learn more, you can visit bccdc.ca. As more British Columbians get vaccinated, day-to-day life will slowly return to normal. But COVID-19 isn't gone yet, so we all need to do what we can to protect each other. And getting vaccinated is the best way we can protect each other against the variants and ensure they can't mutate and spread. I'm hoping we can count on you. So please, if you haven't been vaccinated yet but are able to, come visit us. So in their letter, they give them specific places that they can go. And uh, it's signed by Dr. Bonnie Henry, the provincial health officer. And um, on the insert, again, a very expensive uh, print piece, it says... Once you have received the COVID-19 vaccine, you must still follow the provincial health orders and protect others, keeping a safe distance, wearing a mask in public indoor spaces, washing your hands, staying home if sick, and getting tested if needed. So, I mean, honestly, we're not children, and that's exactly how they're speaking to us. So... You know, your listenership needs to know that this is the propaganda that the governments are doing. And then another piece I wanted to share really quickly with everyone. Now, this is on a government website, and it says I I, I want to break
3: in here just a second. So, the US equivalent over here is Biden has announced that we are going to have door to door canvassing of people coming to encourage you to find out if you have a vaccine and encourage you to get one and basically create a list of the vaccine hesitant. So just that's the U.S. version. So go on.
4: Yes. Well, honestly, we're, we're aware of that, but maybe something coming to us as well. So this is on the British Columbia uh, website. So this has to do with the human rights. Uh, and this is a piece that's called a human rights approach to the proof of vaccination during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so a couple of things that are on here that are really important is it says the British Columbia Office of the Human Rights Commissioner recognized the important relationship between protecting the natural environment and protecting human rights. Once we reduce our environmental impact is by limiting print copies of our reports. So they're not even, I had a hard time getting this printed out. So they're not even making this available to people. And then they had this gorgeous piece for the Indigenous people. And it had trees in the background, very beautiful. And it says, to the Indigenous peoples of this place we now call British Columbia, today we turn our minds to you and to your ancestors. You have kept your unceded homeland strong. We are grateful to live and work here. I mean, I almost vomited when I read that. I mean, so pathetic. So a couple other things I want to treat. So this is on a page that says a human rights approach to proof of vaccination during the COVID-19 pandemic. This document echoes the call for a human rights based response to the pandemic. It offers general advice on how duty bearers, and those are employers, landlords, service providers and individuals, um, can respect human rights when developing policies that treat people differently differently based on whether or not they have been vaccinated against COVID-19. In this document, we refer to such policies as vaccination status policies. Ultimately, it is the position of BC Human Rights Commissioner that duty bearers can, in some circumstances, implement a vaccination status policy, such as proof of vaccination requirement, but only if other less intrusive means of preventing COVID-19 transmission are inadequate. So they have propaganda In there, this article people need to see. It is absolutely disgusting and horrifying.
3: Mm, Unbelievable. And meanwhile, over here in the VAERS reporting, unfortunately, we've passed the uh, 10,000 mark on the death rate earlier this week. So, And we know that that's somewhere between 1% and and 10% uh, of the actual number. So clearly it's not safe, and we know it's not effective. So that's, that's really, yeah. We have to keep, we, all of us have to keep informing everyone you can one by one.
0: So. One, one more point is in the UK, the government's marketing company has already been funded for, I think, well into next year. So I don't think this is going to disappear anytime soon, even on the, you know, the run up to apparently the freedom day on Monday. So we need to be more resilient, continue, be more smart, keep discerning and uh hold in there because you know this this is really biological warfare in my opinion guys we're out of runway again so i'm gonna close uh thank you very much Darlene. despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel there is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, artists, activists, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from mainstream social media propaganda to make your own independent research to stop the acquiescing and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power. And you wake up each day with power. It's entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 66th edition is entitled Reconstructing Truth and remains available to all listeners free of charge at www.theothersideofthenews.com. My name is Timothy Saunders and together with co-host and producer Kintia and co-host and researcher annette Driscoll I offer special thanks to our guests, Richard Gage and Darlene Undy. We wish you all a very positive week. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next edition next Friday. Good night.